Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. It's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. Time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted. Welcome to another edition of Count Time Prod- Podcast. I'm Brother L. Diazobra, formerly named Lyman White. Thank you for joining us today. What is this podcast all about? We're here to restore accountability, peace, and reconciliation back to the community by resurrecting those who are civilly dead by awakening the mind. The purpose of this program is to bring clarity and illumination to a confused world. It's the pastors, preachers, priests, teacher jobs are here to bring hope and encouragement. Now we want you to be encouraged, we want you to have hope as you listen to our program, but that's not our purpose. That's not the purpose of this podcast. I'm Brother L. D. Azobra, formerly Lyman Dan White Jr. Uh, I want to start the, my first podcast episode and sharing people with my L. D. Azobra, because a lot of people want to know, what, brother, what why did you change your name, your name? What was the reason of changing your name? Why do you feel the need felt the need to change your name? I guess because I learned over the years, first of all, there's there's power in a name, and we all know that, particularly in the Christian world. Or you can be a, a, a Buddhist, a Muslim. We all know there's power in names, and the name is that there's certain names that you hear. He said the name of Jesus. That's power in that name. That's life. That's peace. That's joy. And we want to be able to bring the same thing. That's why when my name came about, L.D. Azobra, that was interesting for me too. And I'm going to give you the history of how this come about. I want to be able to take you for the little journey that I was on that brought me to where I am. But even though there's those who've been knowing me all of my life, uh, and I'm 60-something years old now, and the ones who truly know me probably would say, but Brother LD, I knew it was only going to be a matter of time. Because I've been knowing you, knowing how you think, I've been around you, I've been hearing you speak and share for many, many years, and I know your heart, I know what you've been dealing with, and as anybody else ups and downs of life, the happiness, the joy, joy, joyness of life, the peace, tranquility of life. You're going to get it all. Just continue living. But also you're going to have the confusion, the down, the down days, the days that you just don't, don't even want to get out of bed, figuring how you're going to make it, how you're going to survive. All this is part of this thing we call life. So we all, none of us are immune to it. None of us are Get, get out of here alive, like they say. So we want to enjoy these days. You know, in the early 90s, I started traveling. And I started traveling to Africa. I guess it had to be right at 30 years or so ago. In 1990 was my first trip to Africa. I went to Egypt. What an eye-waking experience that was. I got more than what I bargained for, enough to where it, I could almost say, changed my way of thinking. 
changed the way I saw things. Opened me, opened my mind, it expanded my mind to see things in a different way. But then that's when I realized also that everything that was taught to me, a lot of it was some truths, but from a different perspective. And the truth is, when I traveled, is that a lot of information that I was taught, there was a lot of truths. But the perspective where it came from or who was the original of those that information, the creator of that information, was not the truth. So we're going to get to now about what is in the name? Why did I change my name? But that's power in the name. And I want you to understand how much power you have in your name. You know, in this country, uh, we call it U.S. of A. We've been given a lot of names. With some, some of them are Irish. Some of, a lot of us got Irish. Some got Italians, uh, German. Even got Russian, but most of us in this country got England English names or Latin Spanish names. But people of my descent, these are not your original names. But it's names that we become very comfortable with, and it doesn't bother most of us, and it doesn't bother it didn't bother me. But the name was not the name that was of my heritage of ancestors. And, but why I was somewhere and I began to learn more about, you know, my culture, my history, who I am, my purpose, and still searching, still searching. I want to open myself up to other opportunities because in names too, in words, when you speak a word, you know, words are powerful. Like the Bible said, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Cut to the soul. And a name or a word can awaken you, can bring life to you, if it touches you the right way. The name came about El Diazo. It came about why I was on a way, at a trip, I would guess, and and, a, and I was in a place called Oakdale Federal Prison. So I went to prison right at about 15 years ago, 2005. But what uh, they say it was Medicaid fraud, what was Medicaid fraud. It was a time, I mean, it was a very, very dull time. At that time I had young children and I had to leave them and uh, be away from them. I mean, that was very tough. Uh, to be away from your children, your family, your loved ones. When I got there, I mean, I literally cried like a baby. It was a tough time. It was a hard time. Uh, it wasn't hard during the time, but just being there in a place where you, where you literally locked up. It's like a, a human zoo. That's the best way I can describe it. You know, you're moving around, you're there, you're alive, physically, but you are in a cage. You're literally caged up and watched 24-7. Never had that kind of experience before. Of course, I never had served any time, been in jail, been in prison before. But that experience, it done a lot. There are times when you figured out, why am I here, Lord? What is my purpose? 
And why am I here in the prison? How did I get here in the prison? My own doing. Took a while after I cried many nights. And the crying cry came about just because you're there. And you know you're going to be away from your, you know, think when you have young children at the time. And those that you care for and love, love very much. So it was a very trying time. So it must, you know, when I got there, I guess, fortunately, unfortunately, some people in there knew me. So it was interesting. They came to me to see how what they can do to assist me because uh, where I'm from, that a lot of the people that was in the federal prison that was from the same area. So when I got on the compound, they already knew I was coming. They was anticipating me. They was already waiting on me. And with my history, you know, being a former football player and an NFL, NFL player, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Although you're in prison, you're supposed to be in somebody big to them to be coming to the prison. But it wasn't big for me, I'll be honest with you. Being there, and when, when I got past uh, the days of the irritation, frustration, uh, crying, and uh, feeling sorry for myself, that's when I decided, I started talking to a few young men, and they had a young man in there for a matter of Remember, prison, federal prison, you got people from all over the world. So that was a, an interesting experience all by itself. You got 2,000 people there, and I promise you, out of 2,000, maybe uh, 1,000 are from different parts of the country, of the world. And so having that experience, you know, it kind of encouraged me a lot because I got a chance to meet people from all over the world, but, uh, many other countries, from France, uh, Germany, many from Africa, Mexico, Jamaica, just anywhere you can imagine, you know, just just from all over the place. But matter of fact, one of the guys I became very good friends with, he was from uh, Holland, the country of Holland. And that was interesting because his name was Franklin. And I'm from a town called that. So we, had, we got a chance to know one, each other, one another. We uh, grew to be very close friends while in prison. But, uh, but through this process, after about the first 30 days or so, moaning and feeling sorry, you know, thinking out, Lord, what I'm going to do you know, in here for the next two, three years. After, started, after I started talking with a young, lot of young men, you know, they had a lot of interesting, interesting conversations. Uh, a lot of young guys was in there that was, you know, uh, low-level drug dealers. Uh, you figured out, really, most of them was a lot of drug addicts. Figure out what they do in the federal prison. I thought this would be for, uh, they call big-time criminals, you know, committed big-time crimes. But I was, it was a rude, rude awakening. A lot of guys in there for uh, crack, cocaine, dealing, using. A gun charge, and that's what I learned about what they call ghost dope. You know, they say they found some drugs on somebody. They didn't have it, but they say they found it and uh, gave these guys these trumped up charges and lock them in, lock them down, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. It was amazing to see how much time the guys had in there. But also you realize that, oh, these guys got 10 years, 15, 20 years, 30 years, so I really couldn't complain, right? That's the, that was a Another way to look at it, but it still hurts 
for you to see that these young guys will be here for a long time doing all this time. But here or there, you're there on lockdown and you're inside this human zoo walking around all day. So I was speaking to a young man. He was from uh, Jamaica. He had his long dreads and uh, you know, you know, handsome young man. And he started talking to him about some people that he, some books that he was reading and about uh, some, he gave him some information on some different people. Give me, he was giving me some information on different people that he, uh, that he learned from. It just so happened. <laughs> My first trip I took out of the country was with one of the guys that he read his book. So when I told him I went to Egypt, that done something. That done something to him. He thought I was, you know, no way I, I've been to Egypt. It particularly been to Egypt with his mentor. Uh, through that process, uh, we got to know each other. He started bringing me to the library. So not bringing me, actually meet him at the library. So we got to the library, we go to the library, we watch video. They had the video on the guy, on the, 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 the author, author, and uh, who I went to Egypt with. And they would let us watch the videos in a course. All every you know, my trip to Egypt was being replayed back in my mind, like, oh, okay, I was there, I was here, I was over there. Uh, so it was like, man, you know, that information, at the time, I had stopped talking about it because I, I thought people didn't want to hear about it. You know, every time I would talk about Egypt, talk about my experience, I don't know, maybe because of the way I was delivering the message, is, uh, you know, so that it's how you deliver the message, you know, determine how people receive the message. And uh, so a lot of people was not as receptive. Some were, but a lot were, were not. So I stopped, stopped talking about it. And lo and behold, I go to prison. And guess what happened? <laughs> the information that I was running away from or was staying away from, I would have to say the Lord put me, put it right back in the front of me, in my midst. I said, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, Lord, what is this all about? What is what are you telling me? What are you saying to me? Or is this, are you talking to me, Lord? What, what's going on? Is someone, another enemy talking to me? I, I was in a state of confusion myself. Now I figured out, okay, how I come to prison? And the same information I left behind years ago is, is right here before me again. It was interesting. So I went with him, watched the videos several weeks in a row. We went and watched videos, plenty of videos on, on the subject matters of Egypt. In the greatness of Egypt, the pharaohs and uh, the queens and who who does what. So as I sit there and watch the videos, my mind started you know, opening up again. You know, the, the feeling, the feeling of uh, empathy, uh, sorrow for myself, started leaving, and I began to you know feel alive again. So I started spending more time at the library, and then I started doing a lot of reading. And I had friends send me some books. So that's kind of how my journey started when I got to prison. So the more I read, the more I began to learn, the more my mind began to expand and a lot of the truth. So I guess I can say I'm the seeker of truth. Like the word is over, uh, A-Z-O-B-R-A, is over means 
teacher of light, the light teacher. So, you know, I started learning these different things and it became interesting to me that, man, you know, how, how in the world I'm in prison and now my mind is opening up to these things here. So I guess my prison experience, can I say that I, was, I went there, I went to prison, but I really was, I was working on my, uh, my PhD, PhD, prisonology degree. So uh, it was interesting and I, I learned a lot from it, but through that experience, going to the library on a regular basis, it gave me a purpose, gave me something to do, something to look forward to. And the more I started going, the more I started getting into it, I started doing some writing. So I ended up, you know, I ended up writing me about a 180-page memoir about my journey, my story. And that was really brought me to life because now, man, I sit here and wrote something. I never been known as no writer, but I did have a magazine at one time right before I went to prison, a magazine called Refreshing Louisiana. And it was a very nice magazine that I, you know, I was working with a young man at Willis Reed. Uh, Mr. Reed had a newspaper uh, called Baton Rouge Post, and I enjoyed working with him. And from there is when I decided to start my little magazine. So that was another little tip bit there. So one day I was talking to a young a brother who was out from Uganda. He was from Africa. Uganda is, is uh, one of the countries in Africa. Uganda probably is the country that they believe man began that. Uh, it's called, it's got a place called the Mountain of the Moon where God heavily dwells. So one day sitting, uh, sitting outside with the brother from Uganda, he and I was speaking, we talk on a regular basis. He was very, very uh, intellectual. He was just a smart, he was a very intelligent man. So I was talking with him one day. He said, you know, brother, he said, yeah, you, I, you know, your name should be Azobra. I said, Azobra? I said, what do that mean? He said, well, it means light, like the sun. I said, Azobra? Yeah, it's Swahili. That means the light. It also means like the teacher of light. I said, how you come up with that name? He said, man, just watching you when I sit when I'm here and I'm Pass by, watch you when I walk in the track. I'm, watch, I'm watching you watch the sun. He said, it just amazing. It amazed me. But also, when I speak to you, I'm enlightened. See, because I learned a lot from you. Uh, he said, so I want to give you that name. I want to bestow that name upon you. I'm from Uganda and I'm, I speak Swahili, and that name fits you. And I accepted that name that day. That must have been in 19, no, I mean, 2006. But I didn't do anything with the name, but I've been having a name that he spoke to me. He spoke to me back then. And he said, well, Zobra, A-Z-O-B-R-A. I'm going to give you an example of B-R-A or R-A in that. R-A stands for Ra. R-A or R-A-H. Ra. Ra was the sun god of Egypt. It's the god that all, all people worship. And uh, 
they paid homage to. And today, we still use Ra. We just don't realize it. So when I say Azobra, it's the teacher of light. So it's not something just made up, or something that don't have any, uh, any significance to it. It's power in that name. And I enjoy the name. I'm thankful for that name. I thank you, brother, that you, I can't remember the brother's name, but I, I thank you that he gave that name, or spoke that name upon me, and I received that name. And ever since then, the name has been a part of me, so that's why when you speak to me now, uh, and I understand some people have a hard time even remembering, but, you know, I just out of respect, uh, I prefer L.D. Azobra. We must learn to be a positive interruption to which otherwise will end up being a destructive past. The way to take away someone else's power is to use your power. Now always remember this here. Man can shackle the hand. Man can shackle the feet. But only you can shackle the mind. The mind is always free to travel wherever you dare to take it. And I'd like to thank you for tuning in. Tuning in once again to Count Time Podcast. I'm Brother L. Diazobra. Thank you once again. Remember, it's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. Time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted.